Well, it is nearly the end of another year. And you can't help but have a time of uh, reflection and meditation as to what has been. And as we said at the start, also to think about what is going to happen in the future. And again, it's such a privilege for me and Gwyn to celebrate 50 years through hard times and good times. But as you know, my firm motif, I think, for Christianity is that it's a journey. It's a pilgrimage. We are pilgrims on a journey. We've got a destination. We've got an important destination. And I, I feel that God has given me a very specific word today at this moment in time. And this word is for us to really meditate. You know, the Bible says that we should weigh up prophecy. We shouldn't despise it. There's a lot of people who have the attitude, well, it's never happened to me, so therefore it's, it's not for me. It's not right. Well, I've always been a person who, I take things apart. I don't mean practically, I wish I could. There's some very gifted people here who can take them apart and, more important, put them back together again. <laughs> but I do mentally, I do look at things and weigh things up. I like to hear one side, I like to hear the other, I like to obviously bring it before the Lord because we're all on a journey and we can never say any one person or denomination or group have got it because that's why I love the body of Christ. Some people say, well, you know, I've found so much hypocrisy and so much disappointment within churches. I just don't go anymore. Well, I've got some news for those sort of people. <clears throat> Actually, maybe God will be more disappointed with you. Because you have something to give and you have something to receive. I think in my life I've received so much revelation from unlikely sources. Incredible ways in which God has spoken. Ways in which I would never thought that God would speak. And it's quite amazing. You know, I could spend a lot of time talking about that. But I want to get down to the heart of the matter. Of what I believe is the key the key for understanding. I've got all the answers and I'm only going to skim the surface today even though I'm only going to take two hours. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, we really do need to grasp this. And if I was giving it a title, it would be this, the holy otherness of God. The holy otherness of God. And that's just, uh, that's not H-O-L-Y. That's W-H. What's the rest of it? O-L-Y. The holy otherness of God. God is completely different to you. And God is completely different to me. Man is not God, but God became man. Now I want you to keep that in mind. Because this is the key to understanding the problem of pain and suffering and difficulties. Stand on Elaine. I didn't recognize you there. You're so spruced up. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Sorry, if I, if I look at you, sometimes I'm not looking, I'm, I'm thinking. 
broken. The holy otherness of God. Can we just put up Pauline, please? Isaiah 55. What I read at the start of the meeting. This is a key. God says these words. Seek the Lord. No, verse 6, sorry. They're all good, but we take too long. This is. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Now, I want you to notice this. Some people think that God will always be found. And one of the things I want to say to you today, that there does come an end to God's patience. There does come an end to God's understanding. There does come an end for God, for tolerance. Well, not not tolerance, but his attitude towards sin. People think God will never give account to people in this life. That's not what the Bible says. Now, this might be a bit heavy, what I'm going to say, but I want you to hang on in there because you'll see where it's going in the end. So seek the Lord, and the scripture is clear, while he may be found. This is the day for seeking God. This is the time. And then it says, call upon him while he's near. What Jay said before, yeah, God is here. Manual, God, God with us. God is here. But you've got to call upon him. And I've, I've seen people, so many people during my ministry where God has got right alongside of them, set them free, and they've called, and then they've walked away from that calling. And also, there are people here who have a calling from God. And you've not fulfilled that calling and that destiny in God. And this is a word for you. Call on him while he is near. Thank you, Pauline. Can we have the next verse? Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him. And when you you read this, and I want to talk in a few moments about the different levels of understanding of Scripture. Let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. Now, what does that indicate to us? That at one time, that person walked with God, and then they went astray. Now, there's many reasons why people go astray. Many reasons. There are many, many reasons why I do the things I do. But you know, the destiny and the call with God, whatever your reasons, there are no excuse compared to the greatness and the otherness of God. God is wholly other to you. It tells us, next verse please, Pauline. This is so important. God's thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. One of the most blessed organizations, I believe, in contemporary Christian, for contemporary Christian circles and for our society today is the Christian Institute. 
How many people get information, emails from the Christian Institute? Well, you should all get it. I've seen that organization grow and just speak up for God in politics, in education, in all aspects of culture. And the headline, uh, in, in the, I think it was the latest one, in December anyway, it's talking about the next appointment of the Archbishop, the next, uh, yes, is it Archbishop of York. And this man who's going to be appointed has said quite blatantly and quite openly that regarding, it was in the matters of sexuality, but he meant in all things, he said, the Bible has to become subservient to the culture of the day. This is a man who's going to take place in this prominent position in the United Kingdom. The Bible has to come under the culture of the day. So if our culture, the Western culture, if it says, this is what we do now, then the Bible's wrong and the culture, the prevalent view of society is right. Now that is appalling. But it's not just appalling and I'm not just getting at the Church of England because I think there's a lot of Christians and I hate to say this, I've seen within evangelical circles and charismatic circles and so on. Some of the things that I read, I'm staggered how low people's standards have come when we compare it to the word of God. There is no moral equivalence between God and man. Do you know what the liberal view, when I say liberal, I mean both politically but also just generally in society. The liberal view says that man knows as much as God. And, you know, I wouldn't do this, so therefore God would not do that. Well, I want to tell you that God does some things which stagger us and astound us. And there are things which we don't have an answer for. But I want to tell you truly and sincerely that for over 50 years, I've, since I had a revelation that the Bible is the word of God, that God is true and every man is a liar, that I've, I've seen those who followed the way of God, they've walked through life following God, and I've seen those who've turned their back and gone the other way. Who are the heroes of people today? Isn't it so sad in our society that the people who look to for views and particularly for younger people, they listen to all sorts of voices and they think because these people are good at something or other that therefore they're authoritative and they can speak about the words of eternity and they cannot. They've got feet of clay. They're just men and women. My son introduced me to the writings of Jordan Peterson some years ago. Anybody heard Jordan Peterson? A few? One? Well, read, read his story. Now, this is a man, I believe, raised up, used by God, even though he hasn't come into the fullness of revelation. But what, what an articulate man. What a way that this man can express and challenge the views of contemporary society which says, we will change Christianity. Do you realize that if you lower your standards, if I lower my standards, we are just conformed to this world. And what does the Bible say? It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed 
By what? By the renewing of your mind. What goes into our minds? That's why for our children, what is going on in the schools? What is, going, what is being uh, taught in uh, so much of education today is contrary to the word of God. And that's why we are in the business of being mind changers. God wants, us, wants you to change your mind. Change your thinking and you change your world. God is not a man that he should lie. God is wholly other than you. And you know this, that God knows the end from the beginning. What do you know? What do I know? I see a little bit ahead. Sometimes I have a revelation and it's wonderful. But I don't live and actually I don't want to live in permanent revelation of everything about the future. And God expressly warns people, do not try and find the future out. The occult horoscopes. Do you know most newspapers, if you went back 80 years, they'd have a scripture verse or something in. A thought for the day. Can you believe that? Well, you can guarantee that in 99% that's completely gone. But what is the horoscopes? Always people wanting to know about the future. Everything you need to know about the future is revealed in the word of God. Because God knows the end from the beginning. God's destiny is in one sense not on this earth. But in eternity where heaven and earth become one. What is God doing now? He's raising you and changing you so that you are a man, a woman of faith. That will walk through this world. That you will be like a Noah. Do you know what it says about it? Genesis 6, I believe it is, where it says, And God saw on the earth the thoughts, the intentions of men's hearts were continually evil. Wickedness was just increasing and wickedness was just abounding. And nobody cared because all of them were lowering their standards except for one man. And his name was Noah. And, well, you can read the rest of the story for yourself if you don't know it. But God, righteous, holy, other God, said that iniquity had come to its end, that the time of iniquity had reached its fullness, and the great deluge took place. Do you think that these days that we are more righteous than those who lived in the days of Noah? Do you think that people are more moral and ethical and spiritual? I tell you what we're like today. We see that people shake their fist in the face of God. Sadly, at one level, I've taken many funerals over the years, many, more than I really want to. But you know what I've found? Even in these days that I take now, there are more and more Secular funerals. And I speak to some of these um, officiants. And some of them actually were Christian. And they said, but we just aren't allowed to mention anything about God or spiritual or the future. 
said to one or two of them, well, how on earth do you do it? I said, my conscience wouldn't allow me. I said, what hope do you give? What hope can you have? But people think that this is the answer. I know I've said it a hundred times, but it really galls me. When you think of the world's most fav favorite songs, imagine there's no heaven. Well, I imagine, I don't imagine, I believe there is a heaven. And uh, one of the most popular songs of funerals, even at a relative of mine, what do people sing? I did it. Oh, what a terrible thing to leave this scene of time. Saying, I did it my way. I don't want to do it my way. I tried and I failed. I needed a better way, a higher way, God's way, the way of holiness and righteousness and truth. God is holy other. I don't understand all God's thoughts, but I tell you this. I trust his thoughts. I trust his ways. That's why Job could say, though he slay me, I'll still trust him. Why is there suffering and pain and evil in this world? Well, I don't fully know. Yet, one day I will. But I'll tell you something, and this is important. That people who try and spend their life trying to solve that problem, they begin at the wrong end. Because they begin at man's end. I suppose I better be politic, politically correct and say when I say man, I mean humankind, humanity. We begin from the wrong end. Because when you begin from God's end, and you read this in the book of Revelation, what does it tell us? That this earth is filled with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. There is no, righteous, there is no unrighteousness. There's no pain. There's no sorrow. There's no sadness. There's no sickness. There's no regrets. There's no unforgiveness. There's peace like a river. The lion and the lamb lay down together. Hallelujah. Isn't this good news? This is what God who knows the end from the beginning. This is what God says it's happening. It's going to happen for all those who seek the Lord while he may be found. For all those who call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let them return to the Lord. There is no moral equivalence between God and man. He is the high and lofty one. Now, there's a word which uh, you might have heard of called an oxymoron. And an oxymoron is a contradiction. I'll give you an example. Pure evil. That's an oxymoron. How can you have pure and evil? It's a ridiculous statement to make, isn't it? Ridiculous. And people act as though God is an oxymoron. He keeps changing his mind. One minute he's okay, and the next minute he's just a bad-tempered old guy in the sky. Well, God is not like that. His ways are higher than our ways. And I want to tell you this, that God can be both loving and he can also be and will be the God of judgment. Do you know how often it speaks 
about standing before God and giving an account. Some people say, well, my sins are forgiven. Well, truly, if you've come to God and the slate was wiped clean, yeah, of course, if you truly repented and brought forth fruits of repentance. But then you've got your life. Now, for some people, it might be just a short distance. For others, it might be a very long one, but whatever way. God knows you as well as an individual from the uh, beginning, before you were formed in the womb. The Bible says God knew, knew about all of your circumstances. Aren't you glad that God is the holy other? That God has no moral equivalence, so man can never say, You've no right to do this, God. And the times that I've heard this said in, uh, uh, throughout my life, at different debates and all sorts of things, I mightn't understand why God, what God is doing, but I know this. There are many, many things in my life where years later I suddenly realized why that didn't happen. If you ever really believe for something to happen and then to find your dreams blown apart... What do you do then? Do you pack your bags and say, oh, well, there's no God and it doesn't work and so on? No. That's the very time that is real faith. Anyone can believe on a nice sunny day and everything's just going well, but that's not the real test of faith. Faith is when you are going through it, all that you've got to cling on to is the word of God. That's the truth. And this is what God wants. So when God judges, it's righteous judgment. When God gets angry, you know that as humans, we get angry at all sorts of things. You might be tired or fed up or whatever. And our anger is, is born out of what's inside of us, which is a proclivity to sin. But God's anger is Nothing like that when it speaks about anger of God in the Bible. It's righteous and it's just. And you might say, well, how can you have righteous anger? Well, I can't. But God has. And I want to tell you this, and this is the key. That the days in which we live are actually going to get darker on this earth. The things that we're seeing, is our country divided? Of course it is. It'd be an idiot to say it isn't. Is this world divided? Now I'm just blessed by having so many contacts throughout the world. Every country is in turmoil. And some far worse than us. Now of course people say, well we'll get the right government in and you know everything will be fine and we'll, we'll sort of get the ship nice and stable. No, you won't. Because if you read, we'll get Greta along or someone, you know, to tell us that if we... No, sorry, I shouldn't. Uh, but who is going to solve this world's problems? Now, well, if you, and quite rightly, want to recycle and so on, that'll do it. But it won't save the world. There's only one person who can save the world. And what's his name? Jesus. Hallelujah. What's his name? Hallelujah. He came from heaven to earth. And some people think they're so clever or wise or whatever. They think that they can put man up as equal with God. Every man that is recorded in the Bible who met with God. How did they react? 
I tell you how they reacted. They collapsed. They couldn't stand in even just the brightness of his glory. God is great and God is good and there's no one like God. There is no other God like you. And we mightn't in this country, in this Western civilization, use the name of the ancient gods, but there are plenty of idols and there are plenty of other gods. And we used to sing, I will serve no other God. I hope that's true. And when you are stripped of absolutely everything, it's God and God alone who reigns. You reign, Lord. Reign in me. Sovereign Lord, reign in me. God's thoughts are not your thoughts. God's ways. Don't presume, and I'm guilty as the next one. I've, I could have had many incredible, and I would say miraculous things happen. But equally so, I've had lots of things which I thought were going to happen and didn't happen. What place should that place us in? Well, I believe it should make us humble ourselves. And the scripture says, He's shown thee, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of thee? To do justly. In other words, live righteously. To show mercy, even to those who hate you and despise you. And to what? Walk humbly with your God. We do not take anything for granted. Now, I know that might seem contradictory. My salvation is secure as long as I walk with God, I believe. But we have to walk humbly. A man, a woman has to humble themselves. And in the Bible, those who had personal encounters with God, how many of them stood up to God? How many times have you heard people say, oh, well, if there's a God, when I get to heaven, I've got a few things I'm going to ask him. That's total blasphemy. When you stand before God, you'll say, amazing, incredible. How many times have we read in books or heard uh, people say that they've just been to heaven for a moment and brought back? And what, what was it? What's the one thing in common those who've truly been there have said? Well, it's summed up in this word, Wow. There's nothing like it. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. See things in this great light of eternity. In God's, from God's view, the high and lofty one, when he does something, he does it righteously and truly. And also, ultimately, for our good. Do you know the Bible tells us? Uh, and uh, somebody came up to me once when I spoke like this, and they said, oh, don't, don't talk about those sad things. I said, but they're not sad because they're the truth, and also they give way to the greater. But things are going to get terrible on this world. If the Bible is true. Now, if you're one of these people like uh, this new archbishop and you say, culture says today, no, we only take the good bits out of the Bible. I want to tell you, the bad bits are there for a purpose. And you know what they're there for? 
there to bring you and there to bring me to humbly walk before God. Because the awfulness of things that are going to happen where men's hearts will fail them, they'll be afraid of the things that are coming on this earth. But for those who truly believe, you lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. There's a kingdom that is coming that is called the millennium kingdom of God. We are living in days, I believe, at the close of this age. It doesn't speak about the end of the world. It speaks about the close of the age. And this age is coming to a close. And how do we know? Well, there's certain signs. Jesus rebuked people because he said, you know, you, you can tell us what's happening on the sun. That's uh, the very word that is used in um, uh, Matthew's uh, gospel. He says, you discern things about the sun. You discern things about the heavens and what knowledge there is out there. It's fabulous knowledge. Yet it can't save one soul. But we can discern the times. And we can say, when I look at what is happening in this world, the cup of iniquity is getting full. When you just read the newspaper, it's just full of somebody else got murdered or stabbed or drugs or whatever. You look at your TV, the immorality, on every other program, as it were. Everything is degrading. Everything is a loosening of standards and values in opposition to what God says. And you know what? Men have said, we've replaced God in this country. They said, you my view, I hope our view of God. They say, that's all fashioned. That went out in the 19th century. We now have got a much bigger and a better view of God, have they? The fool has said in his heart, there's no God. People despise the law of God, the Torah of God. God's laws are fixed forever. They are there for men and for women to walk blessed in this life and in the fullness that God has got for us in the life to come. Now, in, when you get the Bible, when you look at it, you have to look at it at different levels. One or two have been on a few of my courses over the years, so I'm just going to refresh your memory. But the Jews have known how to search the Scriptures. And Jesus, when he said, search the Scriptures, what Scriptures was he talking about? The Old Testament. So all of these things, the Tanakh, you can find such hidden meanings. And you have in the Bible... <clears throat> You have uh, the literal interpreter, what the words say. But no, no one who is um, really searching the scriptures just stays at just a literal reading. Now, don't misunderstand me on that, because, of course, there are parts which you've got to literally obey, but there's lots of other things in the Bible, poetry and so on. But then, whatever passage you get, and that's called a prashat, that's the Jewish word for it. And I want you just, I'm saying that because I want you to remember the initial letter, which is P. And then the next one is Remez. Now, Remez is where the Jews say, the Jewish scholars, you dig deeply. You read a passage. Then you analyze it. You ask someone. You look in the commentaries. You look in the original language. 
You check it in the history and so on. And you've gone that little bit deeper. But that's not the end of it. Because when you go deeper still, you come down to this word drash. Now, this is very important. Because this is the moral application of it. So when I'm getting deeper in the word of God, where it might say, I don't know, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Okay, you read that. Yes, that's very nice. But then I dig a little bit deeper. Why did God say that? Well, we get the historical circumstance. Then you go a bit deeper. How does that apply to me? I love the Lord my God with all my heart and my neighbor as myself. Then it starts to get very personal. You're getting deeper. And then the final one is called sod. And that's a Hebrew word, not an English one. And that means eschatological or prophetic or about the future. So it says that we've got these four levels. You've got these four levels of digging deeper and deeper and deeper into the meaning of any of the text in the scripture. We've got P-R-D-S. Now, of course, in Hebrew, uh, there's no, no vowels. But when we put the vowels in, the word is pardes. And you know what word we get from pardes? Paradise. If you want to get to paradise, if you want to know what it's all about, then you have to become a man or a woman who really spends time with God, seeking God, walking with God, applying the word of God to every single aspect of your life. This is so important. In your aspirations for the year 2020, when you want to say, God, why has this happened? Why, Lord, has this disaster come? Why are these things just coming upon me? Remember this. Everything, everything works together for good to those who love the Lord. This is not the end of the story. I like the background music. (laughs) Could be a bit more dramatic what I'm building up to. But God, God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, the God who has no moral equivalent, the holy other God, he's totally different to you. He's totally different to me. He uses things in ways that we do not understand at this point in time. But he's getting us ready for a kingdom that is coming. A mighty, amazing, incredible, miraculous kingdom. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the Lord says that this will come. But what has he got to do first? I tell you what he's got to do first. The scripture tells us that he's going to shake everything that can be shaken. It says he'll shake things in the heavens. He'll shake things on the earth. And we're going to see things happen that people will tremble at. But don't tremble. This is just a sign of the times. You can discern the signs of the times. You can know that the king is coming. Hallelujah. 
that pain and suffering and anguish and sorrow will give way to glorious light and hope and a future and a truth. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's why we should be praying, Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. The bad news is that the darkness will get darker. But the good news is the light is breaking forth. Break forth, O oh beauteous heavenly light, and usher in the morning. Glory to God. There's a new day that is dawned in Jesus Christ. There's a new day for you. There's a new day for you and for you in God. The people that walked in darkness, they've seen what a great light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. We've had our Hanukkah lights. The servant light has come, and he's lit many other lights. And here we are with you there now. Uh, th these are the words that Jesus said. Hypocrites can discern the face of the sky. But you can't discern the signs of the times. I want to show you in a closing scripture now. If you could turn please Pauline to 2 Timothy chapter uh, 3. You know it tells us as well. That when judgment comes, where is it first going to begin? Sorry? That's what it says in Peter. Judgment first begins in the house of God. That's why I believe there have been so many things that have been exposed. That God is just saying he's not coming back for an unholy people. And all have sinned, number one sinner but through the grace of God, washed and redeemed and saved. But judgment first begins in the house of God. And then it goes right through every strata of society. And that's why more and more chaos, Brexit, I believe, is just going to be a, a mild diversion compared to what is going to come upon this world. You mark my words, or better still, mark God's words on these issues in Haggai once more in a little while I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth all nations I'll shake that's what God is doing God says that there are appointed times modim maybe you remember that I think I gave a talk the other month on that the appointed times the seasons the festivals there's a purpose in each one of them. And there's an appointed time when God will say, in his righteousness and truth, mercy and truth, judgment and justice, these things will come together perfectly, in perfect harmony. And no one will ever say to God, you've been unjust. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have done that, God. I wouldn't have done that. There is no moral equivalence between God and man. Now in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and let's just read from verse 1, please, Pauline. Realize this, in the last days, the last days of what? The last days of this age, what we call the eschaton. And again, I pointed out to you, it's not the end of the world, it's the end of this age. Difficult times will come. It's going to be hard. And this is written to believers. Why? Because men will be lovers of self. That's their priority. Lovers of money. Boastful. Arrogant. Revilers. 
and uh, some of these words maybe in your translation that you've got in the Bible, boastful, of course, braggarts, people who are just arrogant, arrogant towards God, revilers, some translations have blasphemers, evil speakers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, no respect for anyone, unloving, and uh, some translations say, without natural affection. And haven't we seen this broken down in the, the family relationship? We even read so often about mothers losing natural affection for children. I find that staggering. You know, I really, I really do. Certainly all the mothers I've ever met, they die for their children. You touch my child. But natural affection has just been changed. The rules have been rewritten. People say we follow uh, cultural values. We don't need to follow uh, the word of God. It tells us this that as well. Um, let's go on to the next verse there, Pauline, please. Holding to a form of godliness. Now, again, I find this amazing. In other words, religious people. People who say we follow God. Oh, that whole list before are telling us in the last days that the church is going to be... And when I say the church, I'm, not, I'm talking about the whole worldwide group of believers who would call themselves Christians. Within that, they have a form of godliness. They think that just following the ritual saves them. It doesn't. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. It tells us that people will be brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure. More than what? More than lovers of God. Do you think that they are signs in our midst? Now, people might say, well, you know, haven't we had them with us, uh, you know, all the time? True. But I go back to my premise, which is this, that iniquity is now reaching its fullness. And there's coming a day when God will say, enough. Enough of sin. Enough of hatred. Enough of lust. Enough of violence. Enough of perversion, enough of cruelty. God will say enough. And the judgment of God will fall. And is that the end of it? Is it gloom and despair? No, it isn't. You're destined to reign. You have got a wonderful future. You have got an amazing, an amazing eternal life ahead of you. Hallelujah. It is incredible what God has prepared for you. The presence of God, the peace of God, the power of God that passes all understanding. It's there for you. Let's just stand together. Lord, at this time of reflection, Lord, when we just reach a stage when we look back and we think, if only, if only I'd done this differently. If only I hadn't reacted or responded in that way. If only our country was different. If only we'd followed 
God's laws. We'd have had a different outcome. But Lord, we are where we are. We can't alter the past. But Lord, we can prepare for the future. And I pray for each person here, Lord. I pray for them in 2020, Lord, that they will know not a fullness of iniquity, but that they will know a fullness of your Holy Spirit. I pray for every home represented here, Lord, for every aspiration that you are God. You are supremely God. Your ways are beyond our ways and your thoughts higher than our thoughts. Lord, and we submit to you. We bow the knee and we say, Jesus is Lord. Be Lord of our lives. Be Lord of our homes, of our business places, of our unemployment. Lord of our district and of our church, Lord. You are Lord. He is Lord, He is Lord, He is risen from the dead, and He is Lord, every knee shall bow, every tongue call. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Sisters, He is Lord. Brothers, he is Lord, he is Lord, he is risen from the dead, and he is Lord, every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord, and he will have compassion on him. And to our God, he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Amen.